Get ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info. You got Daryl rolling a solo tonight, but hey, we got some good things going on tonight. We got um, a guy named Mike Short, who's actually was a part of University of Miami athletic trainer. He was an equipment manager for the University of Miami. Went on to be an equipment manager for uh, FAU. And um, Mike is currently um, the NFL collegiate um, team for Zenith, the helmet company, equipment company in the world of sports. Mike Short, what's going on? Daryl, good to hear from you, my friend. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while, Mike. But, hey, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, explain what you're doing a little bit better than what I could explain it, Mike. Well, Daryl, you know, with my background in the equipment room for so many years, both at the University of Miami and with Florida Atlantic, um, working with this company, Zenith, this helmet company, was sort of a natural. Um, what, what basically my job is to do is to work with the, directly with the equipment managers around the country, both at the NFL and collegiate levels. Uh, to try to spend some time with them and, and get in them and explain our product and show our show our helmet, um, work with the players uh, so that they get a better understanding of what Zenith is all about, what makes us a little bit different, and just basically the core values of our company, what we're what we're in the business for. We all want to sell helmets. We're not going to lie about that. We want everybody to buy the helmet, but. With Zenith, it's as much about education uh, for the player, for the coach, for the equipment manager, and just helping people understand, you know, we have an epidemic out there. We know it. Um, we want to try to we want to try to do everything we can to alleviate that. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's an ongoing process. So that's really what it's all about for, for Zenith is to educate the player and the, the, uh, the coaches, the people out there about our helmet and what we're doing to try to uh, try to alleviate the problem of concussions and, and head injuries in, in the sport of football. Yeah, you know, and um, Mike, it's an estimated uh, 1.6 to 3.8 million concussions per year in, in American football. And that's all football yeah. from, um, I guess, when we see these toddlers, well, I think that's just ridiculous to see people put their um, five and six and seven and eight and nine and 10, 11 year old, 12 year olds, even some 13 year olds, put them in pads and helmets and tell them to go out there and smash each other. I think that's ridiculous, right. but we even count those concussions too, because those kids do suffer from concussions, whether, whether some parents want to believe it or not. Uh, 1.6 to 3.8 million concussions. That's a big gap. Um, you know, right. we just said it was right. 1.6. That might be one thing, but that's a big Big estimate. So, um, how, how do you feel about those numbers, Mike? Yeah, that yeah, you just hit it on thing. That that I think I think that in in itself is indicative of the of the problems that we face out there. Um, is that people sometimes maybe even focus on the word concussion or or the what what a concussion is? What we refer to as a concussive event um, that. So many times it either goes undiagnosed or unrecognized, and and yet people focus on the word or the event of the concussion as the as the major issue. And the real the real 
meat of this whole thing is that the, the, the damage can be done uh, without, quote, sustaining a, a, quote, concussion. Uh, in other words, you can, it's those cumulative blows to the head over and over and over and over again, just like a boxer you would see in a ring. It's, you know, what puts him down is it that one big, left, you know, right hook or uh, uppercut. It's probably more of the things of oh, those 50, 60, 100, whatever jabs he took to the head through the course of the fight. So that concussion is the end event. What's happening is that the damage is being done, and a lot of those things that are never seen are, are occurring because of those uh, cumulative blows. And if, if they don't, if the player doesn't say something, if he doesn't act differently, there's no way of knowing really what's being done to the brain. And, and you brought up a great point also is that, you know, kids that oftentimes here in the, uh, I live out here in the uh, Los Angeles area, and oftentimes I'll work with some of the group, uh, the youth groups, um, and the kids that we're getting, you know, uh, to be quite honest with you, probably shouldn't be playing football, at least not, not a contact football, not yet. Uh, I think it's starting a little bit too early. But, yeah. you know, you take those kids that are starting at seven, eight, you know, years old, and they're going on through, you know, through a junior high program or you know, uh, a high school program and maybe even on to a college program. Uh, you know, by the time they get into the high schools and, you know, if they're lucky enough to and college and, and lucky enough to make it to the NFL, they've been playing and getting hit in the head for, you know, for 15 years. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's something that, that probably doesn't get as much attention as, as needs to be. Yeah, and I really think someone has to pay attention to this sooner or later that um, that six-year-olds are really shouldn't be playing this sport, uh, especially when you put a helmet on. It's nothing wrong playing flag football, but I think once you put a helmet on at six and seven years old, I think you're asking for trouble. You know, I look at it. I, I didn't start playing high school football. I didn't start playing contact football until I was 14 years old. Um, my ninth grade year, I started playing football. Now, I didn't stop right. playing until I was I was full and an adult. I was like 28 years old when I stopped playing um, co- um, competitive football. And I look now at some of the pains that I have. I, I, I hurt my toe <laughs> bowling one week, a couple, uh, one time a couple of weeks ago. And, and I had to go to the doctor. The doctor told me, hey, you got arthritis in your toe. And I'm like, man, you know, then I know I have arthritis in my fingers and my hand and my and, and some other parts, too. And I think back if I had started playing American football when I was, say, seven years old or eight years old, I think my arthritis and the pains and the ailments that I deal with would, e- would even be more severe. I just really think that in my mind. Yeah, no, I no question about it. I, I think if, you know, it. It's the greatest sport in the world, in my opinion. I love it, um, and I've, I've made my life around it. Um, and so, you know, I don't want to st- refer, you know, refrain from being hypocritical because what I'm doing now is to try to change, help change the game, and that's one of the kind of our our uh, standard uh, flags that we go by is Zenith is trying to change the game a little bit to make it safer uh, and to bring that awareness uh, to people that, the human body and football just really aren't meant to go together, to be quite honest with you, if you think about it. And, uh, you know, those, those injuries, whether it be the head injuries or the knees or the ankles or whatever, the back, uh, how many times have we seen uh, former players, whether they be NFL or even college players, that, 
you know, get a little bit later on in their life and they have the knee problems, they have the back problems, they have the neck problems or whatever. And, and, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's part of the game. I understand that. And it goes with it. And it's a decision that the players have to make uh, and parents have to make. Uh, and it's a, it's a tough thing. We, um, I applaud the, um, the organization at all levels, really at the NFL college and now in the youth and high school markets of trying to do what they can to, curtail the hitting time, um, you know, the amount of hitting and contact that takes place during the game. Daryl, look, I, you know, I don't have to remind you, you know, how long was our average practice when we were back at UM <laughs> when we were there? You know, yeah. we'd, be two, we'd be two and a half hours into it and they'd start it all over again. So it was nothing for us to be out there for three and a half hours twice a day. And, 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 you just you, can't, and we were guaranteed you, to hit Every day, pretty much, unless mm-hmm. we were in shorts and shoulder pads, and that was usually once a, once a week. So, um, hey, right, that, that's right. just part of it, Mike, and you're right. And uh, I applaud these coaches now for not having so much contact and um, and not making the game so brutal and physical dur- during the week so you can actually play on on um, on Saturday or Sunday or Friday. But, but Mike, what separates um, Zenith from all these other companies that um, – I read something about you all have a shock absorber in your products, and but what separates right, right. you guys? Uh, well, what's uh, different about the Zenith helmet from some of the from their competitors out there is that uh, um, other helmets have a series of uh, padding, different types of padding, and different densities of padding, vinyl uh, vinyl padding in the helmet, and some type of air system for inflation, uh, for fit, uh, and for protection, but some type of air bladder that you have to physically, you know, get a pump and pump it up with. Um, and the fitting of the helmet is a little different because it's based on how much air you put in there and the, the thickness of the pads. Um, the Zenith helmet is, is a little bit uh, of a throwback helmet in many ways. Some of maybe the older guys of us will out there will remember the old suspension helmets uh, where you, the helmet was, the head actually kind of sat in a cradle, so to speak, a leather strap and everything was suspended from the shelf. Well, in some ways, Zenith has, has gone back to that basic concept, and that is with what we call our bonnet system. And our bonnet system is a, is a plastic shell, is a plastic uh, cap, for lack of a better word to put it, that goes that is in the helmet. And while it's attached to the shell, it's not fastened directly to the shell. In other words, it's, it is a certain amount of independence to it. Um, and instead of having any kind of inflation bladders, we have these what we call shock absorbers, 18 uh, rubber shock absorbers that compress at different, at different levels and different forces so that uh, whether it be a mid to a you know, light to a mid uh, impact or a heavy impact will react differently uh, and compress differently. So by doing that um, and when we fit the helmet, our chin strap is actually attached to this bonnet. So as a player begins to cinch the helmet up and tightens it, the bonnet system actually forms around the head and gives a true 100% fit. Um, and so between the shock absorbers and our fit system in the bonnet, we feel that it, it's, number one, we get the best fit on the helmet. Number two, we don't have to worry about air being added or taken out. We don't have to worry about you know, going around and checking players uh, all the time to see if they've got air in their helmet. Uh, and because our shock absorber, our bonnet system, so to speak, is 
while it is attached to the helmet uh, and fastened in there, uh, when they take a blow to the, to the shell, to, the shell will actually move slightly, will actually shear slightly uh, before the head moves. And that's really what, what it's all about is you want the head moving as little as possible and you want that the last thing to be moving. So basically that's kind of the, the concept of the Zenith helmet uh, in a nutshell. And, and Mike, um, you know, when we, back in the day, it was a lot of what we call refurbishing of helmets. Um, does do your company refurbish the helmets or are your, yours is just there for a period of time and then you exchange the helmets? How does that work with your company? No, uh, we we reconditioning helmets and, and we do that with our helmets uh, as just like all, everybody else does. Um, reconditioning is, is in itself, Daryl, to be honest with you, that's, that's sort of a, uh, a necessary evil a lot of times. And, and I know a lot of high, especially high school coaches cringe when you say reconditioning. And a lot of that has to do with, because of the pricing, they never know exactly how much it's going to cost to get it done. It's, it's important to get it done. Uh, but your helmet is out of your hands now. And you're depending that who's ever reconditioning that helmet is in fact doing everything that they say. But during the reconditioning process, the helmet would basically be torn down all of its components uh, inspected for any type of damage or cracks or unusual uh, wear and tear, clean, sanitized, um, and then reassembled and sent back to you. Uh, one big difference with reconditioning is that with other helmets, you'll send, you send your helmets to a recondition and they, they just take them apart, <clears throat> clean them, do all that stuff, and then, they'll, then they put it back together and send it to you. But you're never 100% sure if the parts match up with the helmet that you just sent. In other words, if you sent 10 helmets, well, the parts might be interchangeable. With the Zenith helmet, we only have the bonnet system in there, and it's barcoded, as is the, the shell, so we know which bonnet goes with which helmet. So when you send the Zenith helmet in, you are assured that you are always getting back the, helm, the, the same helmet with the same bonnet system. Um, so... You know, a reconditioning is important. Uh, it, and it needs to be done. Uh, just you always need to make sure that you you're working with a good certified reconditioner, and uh, and that um, you know it's being done properly. And, and 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 Mike, when we um we think about these reconditioning, and you know, I know that's a big part of athletic budgets. What does it actually cost a school? Say, if they send you uh, 50, 50 helmets. To recondition. What do you think the cost is going to be for 50 helmets to be reconditioned? And do they have to send every helmet once a year, or how does that work in high school? Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's going to vary from state to state, and maybe even from district to district, Daryl, as far as what the rules are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think that, you know, a good school thought is if, you t- if they're helmets that have been out there and, and been used, I would recommend sending them in every year. Um, and as far as the cost on it, Again, that, that's one of the areas where it gets really ambiguous because some people out there will, will quote a price and say, okay, $25 a helmet, but uh, there's, you, you got to be careful of those hidden costs. Sometimes you'll get that invoice back and it'll be four or five pages long and you'll get charged for them taking the face mask off. You'll get charged for them putting the face mask back on. Um, you know, so before you do it, you want to know, well, what's, what, when, we, when you say reconditioning or you, you give me a quote, what's included in that. Zenith uh, has a very, um, we try to do it very flat rate. In other words, we do a flat rate for every helmet 
Um, and it sounds like it might be a little bit more expensive. It's $40 a helmet, but that covers the freight to and from, from the school and, uh, uh, to Zenith and then from Zenith back to the school. And that includes the cleaning, sanitizing, uh, inspection of all parts, the reassembly of the helmet. Um, the only time that there's any additional cost would be if there's a component that needs to be replaced that is not under warranty. In other words, if one of those shock absorbers is bad, gone bad, and we have to replace it, we would charge for that. But those pieces inside the helmet are under a three-year warranty. So, um, you know, by that time, I think, you know, we've, we've, there's not, doesn't have very often we have an additional charge. So we try to do that for the schools so that they don't have these hidden costs out there. Um, somebody quotes them $25 a helmet, but it, when it turns out then, and they send a hundred helmets and they think it should be, you know, whatever, 2,500 bucks. And all of a sudden their bill is 3,500 bucks and they're trying to figure out where that money went to. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, again, I, I, I encourage the coaches to be very, uh, judicious in that reconditioning, ask those questions, you know, what's, what's going to get involved and, uh, what's, what, what am I going to charge for and what hidden costs could there be? Uh, and also I, the other thing I recommend is always ask for your rejected parts. Always ask for them back. You know, they, they are, they're, they're obligated to do that. If they, they reject a chin strap, you know, tell them, okay, that's fine. Send it back to me. Cause I want to see, I want to see what, what it was that was causing it to be rejected. Exactly. Yep. Hey, um, uh, Mike, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about um, what's happening with uh, with Zenith in the NFL. What's your percentage of um, of um, teams in the NFL? Hey guys, we're gonna be right back with more Mike Short and the Zenith Helmet and Equipment Company right after these messages on the Sports Info Show. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info. Hey, uh, we got Mike Short on the line from the Zenith Helmet and Equipment Company talking about safety and concussions and all it has to do with equipment. Hey, um, but we got a call on the line. Jarvis, what's going on? Hello, Mr. Dell. How you doing? Hey, doing great, man. Having a great show here. Here talking to Mike Short about helmets and uh, shoulder pads. He works for the uh, the Zenith company. And uh, we're talking about um, a little bit about concussions and um, how his company is a little bit separated from other companies. And we're just talking about safety. We're almost into this NFL and high school and and uh, collegiate and midget tackle football. So we're talking about safety. Awesome. I have a question, I have a question for Mike. Yes, sir. Um, with all the concussions that are going on and, you know, with the concussion awareness uh, that's being amplified nowadays in the NFL, what's, what's been the biggest difference from the helmet and equipment and the safety from not necessarily the 70s and 80s, but as of recent in the 90s and 2000s, what's been the, the one tweak that has made the equipment and the helmets a, a lot more, you know, a lot more uh, safer um, and a lot more efficient than in the past? Um, that's a great question. I think, um, I think we all, when I say we all, I'm talking about all of the helmet manufacturers out there because I, I want people, I have tremendous respect for everybody that's in this business. We're all trying to make it better. There's nobody out there that's trying to make an inferior product. We're all trying to make it better. But I think the two things that have made, that I have noticed that have made a difference, and Daryl and I were speaking about this a little bit off the, um, during the commercial, is that especially at the NFL, is players realizing that they have, uh, number one, have choices and they have options. It's their right to wear whatever type of helmet they want to wear, providing it's, a, it's certified and meets the standard. And so I think them knowing that they, they have play an active role in making the decisions on the helmet. As far as the helmets themselves, I think the, the thing that I have noticed is that, um, you know, you, you saw at one point, maybe back in the 70s and the 80s and early 90s, where the, all the helmets pretty much looked the same. Um, then you started seeing the helmets become, look like they were kind of oversized, the shell is the best way I can put it, because it began to realize that the shell is, is one point of impact. It's one point of protection. But the meat and potatoes, so to speak, on a helmet is the internal components. It's the pads. It's the, it's the in our situation, it's the shock absorbers. Um, it's the material that those things are made out of. So what, what you've seen is you've seen those helmets actually be like kind of an oversized shell with more components and more protection paid attention to the inside of the helmet. So I think, I think that has had a, a big uh, impact on, on uh, the safety issues. And, and uh, as I said, you know, we're all in it to try to make it better, and we're all looking at different ways uh, you know, to, to make it better. Uh, none of us are, none of us are sitting and saying, Hey, we, we got a great helmet. You know, we're not going to go any further. Um, you know, unfortunately it's kind of like, 
for parents and, and some programs out there. It's kind of like the cell phone industry. It's like you buy your, you know, the newest cell phone out, and six months later, there's another one on the market. You know, and then helmets are starting to do that. I've seen more changes and more advancements in the helmets probably in the last 10 to 15 years than at any other point. Because we're all trying to make it better. Uh, and nobody out there is going to sit there and say, we've gone as far as we're going to go. This is, this is it. This is the only helmet we're going to make from now on. We're, you know, every day we're looking at new ways to, to do it and uh, to test it out and see, see where we're at. Awesome. Thank you for that. Any other sure. questions, Jarvis? Um, that, that's all I wanted to know. You know, I'm a former college football player, and you know, a lot of times, you know, we started seeing the changes in the helmets. Uh, I wore a a, a Speed uh, Rydell helmet, and it was it, it, at the time in 2010. It was like it was very new, and it, it looked a lot better than the normal standard helmets. But you saw a lot of shut helmets, a lot of Rydell helmets, a lot of a lot of different designs and styles, and it's just, you know, I used to wonder why it never happened or why you didn't see those styles in the past as opposed to seeing them now. And, and obviously with concussion awareness and CTE awareness and, and all the serious injuries that can happen with football, uh, you're going to see that more. And as Mike said, uh, you know, they're pretty constantly, you know, getting better as far as making their helmet and putting new products out there that, that are a lot safer and, you know, and continuously working on that product. So it makes sense now. So thank you for that. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, hey, and I will don't add be a one stranger. other thing. I, I, will, I was going to say I will add one other thing. The helmets today, uh, believe it or not, uh, are lighter weight than what we had in the past, too. And that's been a move, too, is to try to decrease the weight in the helmet because that, that is a direct correlation towards injury prevention, too. So even though the helmets look differently and they may, may seem bigger and stuff, in many cases, the helmets are actually lighter weight than what we had, you know, in the past. Wow. Awesome. Well, hey, Jarvis. That's Thanks awesome. a lot for calling. We appreciate that. Hey, um, you know, Mike, I tell you, man, um, I've, I, I know I've, I've had concussions in my career um, playing football because I, I not, not to the point where I was knocked out. Um, but I had, and at the same time, I've seen teammates on the field that didn't know we were at the stadium. So, you know, you know you're suffering yeah. from a serious concussion when, you know, when, when someone asks you, where are you? And you're, in, you're at the University of Florida and you say, oh, we're at the Orange Bowl. No, that's, we were there last week. You know, so it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's a very uh, uneasy feeling, uneasy feeling when you see someone that don't know where they're at because they got their bell rung so hard. But what I was, what I was right. getting, getting to is that I've hit my head on the turf harder than probably more people have hit me in a game. So I think that's one of the things that we have to um, think about, too. Sometimes we think about concussions and think about contact, is that when you're playing on, on artificial turf and the ground is as hard as underneath your carpet in your house, um, that's, that's, a real, that's a real weapon. The turf is just as hard as, um, as some of your opponents. No, no question about it. Um, that's a great point, Daryl. You know, the, the old-style, traditional artificial turf I, I, are pretty much gone, at least from the college and the uh, professional level. I don't know of any colleges that have it. They've got these new field turfs, which mm-hmm. are, uh, or different types of turf, which are uh, a lot better, but they still are harder than just good old-fashioned, you know, God-made grass, so to speak. 
Right. Uh, and a lot of the a lot of the injuries, and you brought up an excellent point. A lot of the concussion and head injuries result from players being thrown to the ground or pushing out, and their head slamming back. Especially, you, you know, you see it on quarterbacks quite often. They'll get sacked, and that head will come back and whip back against the uh, the turf, and uh, that's where they get that concussion, or they they get the damage. And there's really two two um, two things to uh, when you're talking about blows and impact to the head. Uh, there's two ways of measuring. One of, one of them is linear. That's the direct contact. That's somebody coming in. That's where you just get hit straight on. And then there's rotational forces. And rotational forces are after the linear impact. So you get hit from the right side. Your brain, think of it as kind of like an egg, will, you know, a lot of people, it's going to go to the, you know, it'll go to the opposite side. No, it's actually going to, it's actually going to go towards the blow. So you get hit by the right the brain comes to the right side and, is, and it comes up against the skull and you get some damage there. And then it will slosh back, so to speak, to the left side. So you've got to think of what that brain is just, you know, floating in there. And when that head is whipped, when it's moved, when it's thrown back and slammed like us, those are rotational forces within the helmet uh, or within the head that can result in, in the damage. And done. so many, I've seen a lot of, Concussions occur where player didn't even get hit in the head. Uh, you wow. know, he just got hit so hard, and that head whipped around, or uh, you know, came back on the turf, so to speak, and he suffered some type of you know a brain injury. Um, you know, I think going going back, and it's interesting. You, you brought up another great point. Um, you know that the terminology when we were back, you know, in our early days back there, um, we just didn't know. We didn't know as, as, as equipment managers, we didn't know as trainers, the medical community. We knew concussions, but we didn't really have a great understanding of, 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 of how they all kind of combined. Um, you know, there was a point where you couldn't even agree on how you were going to grade concussions, one, two, or three, or uh, severe, mild, or uh, moderate. So you going back to those days, we didn't know. So, you, you know, we all have to kind of take a look and say, you know, kind of give ourselves a little forgiveness in the fact that when you don't know something, um, you, you just, you, you don't know until you've had a chance to look at the, the data. And a lot of the data we have now is based on stuff that's been collected over the last 10 to 15 years. Prior to that, there wasn't as much attention paid to it. And, you know, that, that term, oh, he got his bell rung. Well, that there, you'd look up any medical dictionary you want. There is no term in any kind of medical field called getting your bell rung. Uh, so what we do is we, we tell people, and sometimes it may sound a little harsh, but separate that, that term of, oh, I got my bell rung, and separate it with, oh, I just got a little brain injury. Because yeah. that's what it is. Oh, yeah. And so when you start, when you start thinking in terms of, um, I, I just, you know, he got his, you know, he got dinged a little bit. Now he didn't get dinged. He got, you know, he got his brain got, got, got damaged in some way, got injured. So that I think that maybe kind of brings a little bit of focus into what we're talking about and the severity of, of the of the whole issue. And it brings a lot of reality to it too, Mike. Um, when you when you say my brain got damaged on that last play. You might not, you might, right. some, someone may take it so serious or think about it and say, oh, you can't go back in the game or you can't play anymore today because your brain right. just got damaged. You know, and I, and I think about it now a lot. So many times I got hit and I closed my eyes 
when I got back to the huddle or maybe I closed my eyes for a second when I was walking back to the huddle and I could see stars sure. floating around in my head like Wiley Coyote, you know, after he'd been chasing the road runner and an, av- <laughs> and an anvil hit him in the head. You know, he has those stars floating around. And when, when I closed right. my eyes, I, I remember seeing those stars. So I know that that was seriously, my brain got shook on that play. You know, I was, I was able to shake it off and get right back in and go to the huddle and go, go through the next play and complete the game or the practice or the scrimmage or whatever. But at that particular moment, I had a brain injury and no one did anything about it. I didn't say anything about it. And if I had said something about it, somebody probably would have looked at me like I was soft or I was weak or I may have lost my, lost, lost my position on a depth chart. And I wasn't about right. to give up any of that stuff because it meant so much to me. And I think that's where we have to think differently. We really have to think differently. We can't have young people thinking like I was thinking that um, I'm going to be considered soft if I tell someone that my brain just got damaged or I just got right. my, my, you know, it's so we got to think different, Mike. We really do. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that's one of the things that we're trying to, to encourage is that, uh, we all, you know, you're going to play with some pain and you're going to play, you know, with some sore muscles and stuff. And, okay, that's part of it. And it's like the old saying, difference between pain and injury. And the problem is when it comes to the brain, it's not something that you can physically look at or, you know, if you come off and say, you know, see the trainer, man, my knee hurts. And he can look at it. He can move around. He can manipulate it, you know, and say, okay, right. well, I, I'm, you know, there's nothing that seems loose in there. Let's, uh, let's you know, let's, I can here for a few minutes and see how you feel type thing or a muscle type, you know, you pull a hamstring or something, something she can physically see the brain. You can't do that. So, you know, one of the things that you'll notice sometimes, uh, or quite often is player comes out and he's suspected of having head injuries. But one of the first things to do, the trainer will do is take the helmet away and he'll go put it someplace. So the player can't just grab his helmet and jump back in the game. So I think the awareness has been, is improving and we've made a lot of progress. We got a long way to go on that. Of like you said, players being honest about it. They don't want to report it because they don't. It's their livelihood. They don't want to. They don't want to miss a game. They don't want to uh, take a chance on losing their position. Um, and that that's part of the culture that we're trying to. I don't think we'll ever change it entirely. And we're not trying to soften up football. You know, there's been a lot of criticism about the rules and oh, you can't hit a guy anymore and stuff. But you know, we're trying to make it safer. Or when I say we, I'm talking about we as an as a as a society. Right. You know, we're trying to make it safer. We're trying to extend that player's uh, playing career. And, you know, and how many times have you seen players, you know, 15, 20 years after the game? And remember, I'm not just talking about NFL players, but if you've got an NFL player who's had a nice career, five or seven years, remember, he's probably been playing this game for going on 15 years or plus in one right. form or another. So he's, he's been getting hit uh, throughout his entire body, but he's been getting blows to the head that whole time. So, it's going to take its toll. It's, you know, those cumulative blows. And one, there's been a lot of studies done, and the facts may be off a little bit, but you take an average college player, and he probably takes anywhere between 75 to 250 blows to the head during the week, depending on how much practice, you know, how much contact they do at practice. Some, some don't do as much as others, but, you know, 250 blows to the head. Now, they're not all, you know, you know, killer hits or stuff, but you know, they're offensive linemen going against defensive linemen one-on-one. They're still going to be hitting heads. They're still banging. So even though it's a low impact, uh, it's taking its toll. 
you know, eighty yeah. percent of the concussions that occur out there are mid, or what we call low to mid impact. They're not those big uh, open field, you know, smackdowns that you see. They're the ones inside the line, oftentimes. And so, you know, it's a change in culture. I mean, I, I'll give you an example, and I won't say the team or the player, but it was an NFL player that this summer we went down, and uh, he was interested in the Zenith helmet and. We worked with the with the equipment manager, and we went in there and we presented the helmet to him, showed him the helmet. Uh, we're going to do all this stuff, fit him with it. He was going to try it during OTAs, and when he walked in the door, and again, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say who it is or embarrass anybody, but the first thing out of his mouth was, "I'm not really, I don't want to hear about the safety side. I just want to see if I look good um, <laughs> in a helmet." And you know, we basically said, well, I, I think, I think you got the wrong company then. I think, you know, I th- I'm not sure that we can really help you. We, we did. And, um, and he ended up wearing the helmet, but you know, that, that kind of, that's where I think players, yeah. you know, have to, have to assume a certain amount of responsibility and understanding. Um, yeah. you know, they want to play, they, they have a passion for it and, and they're going to go a hundred miles an hour and they should, uh, but there's, there's ways to be smart about it too and realize that better to miss a game two or three here than end a career hey short mike i really appreciate you coming on the show man i really do man thanks a lot if we can ever do anything for you don't be a stranger give us a call and we're here every monday night Uh, on the sports info show uh mike i i see that and i was talking to my uh to our uh as a matter of fact, on Mondays we always have a conference call uh, with our company, with the uh, with the bosses and sales force and stuff. And uh, this morning, and I mentioned it on there, and I and I and I gave our uh, president the, the website. So I know he's in. I know he's listening in on it. So uh, yeah, if there's anything that Zenith can ever do for for y'all or any of the callers out there, if you ever got any questions about Zenith, and uh, you can go to our website at zenith.com, and that's spelled with an X X E N I T H dot com. Tremendous website. We got a lot of information, and uh, as I said, we're—I'm not here as a salesman. I'm here as a as a fan of, co- of football and uh, of many many years, and I want to see it continue. I just want to see it done and protect the most valuable asset that we've got out there, and that's that's those young men and women that are yeah. playing now. Definitely, um, we want we want to protect them the best way we possibly can because they're the, they are the single most important. Uh, asset in this whole equation yeah for sure hey mike thanks again like i said don't be a stranger here every monday night thank you good to hear good to hear from you thank you for the opportunity hey you got it mike we really appreciate it all right my friend you take care Hey, thanks. Hey, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we got some callers on the line. We got some NFL to talk about. And we got some Marshawn Lynch news coming up. Hey, we'll be right back with more sports info. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info. Hey, we got, uh, we got Vince on the line. Vince, what's going on? How you doing, Mr. Oliver? I just wanted to just call the show. I got to keep the rating up, so I just make sure I give y'all a shout-out before, before y'all go. How you hey, doing? We, we appreciate it, man. I've been doing real good, man, doing real good. Hey, um, you know, last week we talked a lot about Colin Kaepernick and him still not having a job, and a lot of people think it's uh, some fair he doesn't have a job. But... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a bone to old Robert Griffin. You know, Robert don't have a job either. You know, a lot of talk has been thrown towards Colin Kaepernick because, you know, maybe because him kneeling on kneeling for the national anthem. And a lot of people thought that was disrespectful to the flag, to America. Well, Robert ain't never do none of that. You know, Robert Robert didn't didn't kneel for the national anthem. He stood up. I think he even salute the flag during the national anthem. But he don't have a job. And I really think, I know for a fact that Robert Griffin is better than a lot of these backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and he don't have a job. What you think about that, Vince? Is he getting blackballed? We say that about uh, about Colin Kaepernick. I believe so, but, but you know what, Mr. I know he can, both of them should be able to have a job because you know why? I watched Minnesota play last week, and they haven't scored a touchdown the whole preseason. What you think either, about either, that? Either either one of them could play. Don't don't score one. I thought from the starter quarterback to the, the, the backup. And now one of them scored a touchdown during the whole preseason. And the score be nine to six. Uh, baseball game. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I ain't want to put it out there, but hey, you are right. Hey. Now. Something you know what the NFL so squeak on somebody like um 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 the boy played for the, the Cowboys Elliot. They don't worry about what they do off the field. Then they worry about what they doing in the in the in the whole NFL business field. You know, right. you don't judge a person, judge a person overall. Don't judge a person what what you think you might be. And that's what they doing now. They don't even want you. to get in the end zone and dance, but they take the, the fun out of the game and football are a fun game. That's what it was made for. Well, they, say, they, they say viewership was down 6% last year in the NFL. Yeah. 
But that don't mean they ain't make they didn't make that money. They they making more money and more money and more yeah, money because they it's there's more ways to watch them on TV on the internet on your phone. You can watch them on your watch. My goodness, you you can watch them anywhere. And NFL is everywhere. And and a lot and us and and um, some people are saying that um, that you can take it out my mouth. Well, some people are saying that that Thursday night football is watering down the NFL. It's it's a weak game. Nobody plays hard because everybody's still all banged up from playing on Sunday, and they just don't play hard on Thursday. I believe that because those Thursday games are not good games. Those Thursday games are not good games. Yep. I don't believe that. Yep. I'm not sure. I'll finish it since we were talking about the football that you know, people call my phone. I don't have people calling me, telling me about boycott NFL football season because of Kaepernick not not playing. And I've been waiting on football all my life, and I dedicate to it. But I I don't understand why they want you to boycott it, but. Well, yeah, we, we need to tighten up a little bit because oh, I, I, I don't think, I hey, don't Vince, think they need to let this start to happen. Vince, we got to run, man. We got Scott on the line. But I'm going to tell you this before I let you get out of here. Vince, that NFL is like crack, man. Everybody in America love that NFL. They can't get enough of it, man. I mean, not even, I'm not even going to say the NFL. American football is like a drug to its fans. And it's millions of us in America. And we cannot get enough of it. When the Super Bowl is over, we even watch the Pro Bowl when they don't even tackle in the Pro Bowl. And then we can't wait to... To um, spring football or some kind of training camp to open, so we can just get another a whiff of some football. Hey Vince, don't be a stranger, man. We here every Monday night. Hey, hey Matt, we got Scott on the line. Scott, what's going on? What's going on, Daryl? Hey man, I'm loving this like life I got, Scott. Loving it, man. Loving it. I what's going you. on? You know, um, you. you know, it's a story out there that um, that um, Malik is going to start for the University of Miami in the game on Saturday. However, the backup quarterback right now is um, um, Nikasi Perry. Right. That's and the I story think he's I going to, uh, He's going to get some uh, playing time. Uh, and, you know, you, you never know. Uh, nowadays, if you if Malik better keep his game up because, uh, you know, they're still – you still got the good quarterback sitting behind you. And, and, you know, like I said before, there's several teams that's like that. And, and don't think uh, that a coach uh, won't change you in the middle oh, of yeah. the season. But but uh, I think, you know, Malik, uh, you know, he has a chance to, to, to run things. And, and, and as long as he's doing good, you know, Perry, he, he's got plenty of time. He does so, have time. Uh, and that's the word on Malik is that he will run. Say say he's running the ball really really good. Mark Rick likes what he sees with him, and it's his job to lose. Now we'll see what happens from there. But Mark Rick right, said man. Mark Rick has made it clear that nobody's job is safe at the University of Miami, and that's the way it should be. That's the, that's way, the way it should, it should be. be. That's the way it should be. You, yep, you got a lot of talent on, on that team. Period, and and uh, uh, you you, you got to earn your position and earn it every week. I mean, yep. nothing is going to, you know, yep. every week you should be getting it done. Now, that's the only way you, you can uh, build a championship team. That's now, I, I like uh, seeing this week old Desmond Howard. He was uh, uh, talking about, and uh, might be 
prematurely, but uh, talking about Miami uh, getting back, getting to the playoffs this year. You know, I don't know if it's this year, but uh, well, I don't I, I know think either. We're gonna, I think we're going to be better than we were last year. Yeah, well, uh, uh, Scott, we got it. We got to run. We got a couple of callers, but I'm going to give you a little heads up on that Dez Howard thing too, man. Um, Dez Howard lives in Miami. He catches a lot of flack for the last years for talking trash about Miami. So now I think maybe he's trying to get in some good graces with some of the fans down there in Miami. Are you going to make the game this weekend? Uh, this weekend, no, I'm not. But uh, right. I'm, uh, I'm not going to be able to make it this week because i am uh, got a lot going on at work. But uh, I'll be making a few games this year. Hey, let me know, Scott, because I'm going to be down there on a few of those occasions myself. Hey, brother, don't be a stranger. We really appreciate it when you call. We're here every Monday right, night. Man. Hey, thanks, right, Scott. Thank hey, we, we got okay. Roland on the line. Roland, what's going on? Well, from the time final was a very quiet race weekend because the only NASCAR series that was actually running was the Xfinity series. Very interesting because there was no uh, marquee cup drivers in the race. And first Nobody. Time, you know, after... After 255 races in his 256th appearance, Jeremy Clements in a private organization with his dad being involved in racing for so many years, he won the race. And he had to bump out a um, uh, JGR car, Joe Gibbs racing car with Matt Tift, who finished in the third position. Great race, though. I really enjoyed his on the Road America course. Okay, hey, Roland. The really tough place was the, uh, the Indy race of Joseph Newgarden with his fourth win uh, in a row in five for the season. And he's in Tensky, Tensky. And there was a lot of controversy because he unfortunately bumped his own uh, teammate, Simon Pagino, out of the way to do it. And uh, so Chip Gennarese's team, uh, Roger Tensky, they're all looking at uh, some upheaval involved in their class racing. Hey, hey, Roland, you know, before we let you get out of here, because we got a couple calls I want to try to get before we get out, go. Um, in that in that Carlson called in the um the race, the infinity race. Yes. The guy Tiff was in the guy Tiff was winning with one lap to go. And yes. Clements came up, bumped him, he spit, they both spit off the track. Clements got back on the track and took off running. I thought he was gonna get a penalty for that. It didn't happen. Kind of surprised me a little bit. And my man Lewis Hamilton, he won over the weekend again in the oh, uh, in the form, yeah, in the Formula cool. One cars. And 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 Lewis and, and Lewis, um, I think they had that race in uh, in 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 Belgium. Yes, in Belgium. Is it, it was in Belgium? And I'm gonna tell you something, Roland. Before you get out of here, believe what they tell you about those Belgian waffles. They are something <laughs> real special. <laughs> hey, Roller, we got to get out of here, man. Don't be hey, a stranger. We're here every Monday night. All right. All right, every. Hey, don't be a stranger. Hey, we got Damon on the line, Matt, before we get out of here. Hey. Damon, what's going on? How's it going, Dale? Oh, man, I'm glad you called me before the Florida State game because, you know, I, I want to talk a little trash. I, I'm just saying right now, be ready. Right. Be ready. Be ready, you know, because if we win, Damon, I ain't talked no trash in a long time in that Florida State-Miami game, but if we do, no, hold on, um, this year I'm going to be talking a little bit of trash, uh, Damon, after the game. <laughs> 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 
Okay. Hey, go ahead, man. You can't. Uh, hey, I, I invite that. Uh, how's it going, David? It's good, man. Long time. It has been a minute, man. It's football season, you know, and I'm th- thanks for calling during football season, uh, Damon. Let's get this thing started. Let's get it tipped off. Miami played Bethune-Cookman this weekend. Who does Florida State? Florida State play um, somebody bigger. Alabama. Saturday, 8 o'clock. Woo. Yes, sir, boy. That's going to be a hey. game. That's that's the one to watch. Hey, but yep. also, you, you look at uh, Michigan and uh, the Florida Gators. Uh the Florida Gators have spent like seven, seven of the players, some of the key players for that game. I think they're just trying to save those guys so they won't get hurt. They they know what time it is. The Gators know what time well, it is. You know <laughs> that, <laughs> David. I'm only kidding, man. I I really think them guys probably got suspended for a legitimate reason. But um, I, I don't. I, I, that's kind of shaky to me, and I don't even know what the suspension was. I heard they they lost six guys on that team. For due to suspension, but um, hey, and and Michigan is ranked in the top five. I know, uh, Florida's ranked just ahead of us, around seventeen, and uh, yeah, Florida 17. State is ranked two two in one poll and three in another poll. Well, I mean, this is preliminaries, but it's going to boil down to the uh, middle of the season. Who can hold up to the uh, the rankings? Yeah, that is be that will be something. Yep. Hey, um, Damon, we got one more call on the line. I'm gonna try to get to him, but hey, don't be a stranger, man, and make sure you call me during that Florida State Miami week. I will. I will do. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, Matt, we got um, uh, we got Mr. Williams on the line. Mr. Williams, what's going on? Man, what's up? What's up, D? What's happening? Hey, loving this life I got, baby. <laughs> loving this life every <laughs> second of it, baby. <laughs> hey, what's, what's going on in your world of sports tonight? Hey, man, my world of sports, I was just sitting there and listening, man. You know what? I can't wait to it. been a long time. You talk about those Seminoles, bro. I've been waiting just to get our bragging rights back. Don't you know it? Don't yes, you know sir. It? Yes, sir. Man, I, I, heard that, I heard that Seminole on there just a minute ago. Yeah, that's old Damon. He he's a big time Seminole fan, but uh, and I ain't mad at him, you know, because hey, no. when we back back in the day when we was running the table, we was running our mouth too. You understand? We've gotten a little quiet lately, and last yeah, we got year, a little quiet. yeah, we have, but we 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 coming back. We we on, we we slowly creeping on the up up chuck. That's what we do. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it because we're looking now. We got a lot of uh, competition down there. That's what's good. The last couple of years we didn't have no depth, but now we got some depth. So a lot of those guys know that hey, their job is in jeopardy. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's that goes without question. And yeah, you got um, every week now. Every week, every, you know, I, I I know it was some years in the last five years where guys would walk out of the Hex Center to the field, and they didn't even look at the depth chart. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Go weeks without looking at the depth chart. I don't think that's the case anymore, because when I was at UM, I looked at the depth chart every day when I walked outside. I wanted to know where I was. If I was at the top, I wanted to know I was at the top every day. If I was second, I wanted to know what I had to do to get to the top. So, you know. That was a priority. That was a priority, and I think that has been lost somewhere in the um, in the whole scheme of things. But I really think 
that we're on our way back. We got we got we got a depth chart now. We got competition on the depth chart. Um, hey, and we got some real players down there now too. And uh, I'm I'm excited to see what we're gonna do this this Saturday um, against Bethune Cookman. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to it, man, because I'm ready for us to go back and be be able to be able to compete like we competed before. You know, it's been a while, so now it's time for us. Yeah. Hey, Eddie, we got to get out of here, man. We done been on right, the brother, show. One love, brother. Much Thanks. love, brother. Much love. Came for Peace. life, baby. Came for life. Always. Always. No doubt. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Sports Info Show. We'll be back next with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.